no! Hello, everyone! Hello! Welcome to yet another episode of I'm Horrified. We're back. We're here once again. We're... We promise we'll be here. And I still feel like we're maybe building trust back up yeah. from when we ghosted. We're still proving ourselves, for sure. Baby, we've changed, <laughs> is what I want to say. You can fix us. That's what I would like you to say. You have fixed us. We can change. We are changing. We're here. We're never going to cheat on you again. We didn't cheat on you. It's not like we were doing a different podcast. That would have been hilarious. If we've just been, like, <laughs> moonlighting under a different podcast name. <laughs> How crazy would that be? We've been this podcast will kill you this whole time. I wish. I wish. God, I they're them. so good. They're so good. Um, I'd also like to share for our listeners. So if you listened last week, we mentioned that there was a dog in the room. Uh, this week, there's a dog sitting right between us. He's right here. So he might be louder this time. I don't think he will. I think he's settled quite nicely. I think he's a good boy. I, I think he does his best to be a good boy. I think sometimes he's a good boy. <laughs> He does his best. I think he does. I think you he's do a, your best, buddy. He's certainly a sweet man. He's certainly a sweet man. He's a sweet old man. I would never say he's not those. He's things. our third podcast co-host. Yes. Um. So, listeners, we've been really thinking a lot about the ethics of society the last couple weeks. We've been thinking about what is a good deed. We've been thinking about the structures that we take for granted. How is capitalism slowly eroding our national consciousness yeah i don't want to do that this week i don't i certainly don't (laughs) let's not this week i'm gonna take us into a big internet thing that happened a classic sam moment yay of pop culture does it matter about any does it have any sort of like government importance does it have anything to do with politics no anything to do with like philosophy no although it does make us think about the nature of our very friendship that's fine. Okay, great. I'll I'll question our friend. I don't have any questions for our friendship. <laughs> All right. Well, good. We'll see. So I feel like we're strong. We can we can withstand it. We've got this. Allie, ever since we embarked on this podcast experience, I have had a recurring thought. And and tell me if you've had it as well. What if we become so famous from this? What if we achieve stunning success? Would it fuck with our friendship? Ooh. That's a great question. And I think that's why this story resonated with me so deeply. Um, It's the story of two young 20-something roommates, just like we once were, and how podcast success drove them apart. Oh my God, really? Yes. This is the story of the Call Her Daddy breakup. Oh no! So, for those of you who are not big Call Her Daddy listeners, which to be honest, I am not a big Call Her Daddy listener... Call Her Daddy is a massively successful podcast that debuted in 2018. The hosts were Alex Cooper and Sophia Franklin, who were relatively new roommates and friends. Um, this is something very interesting. They, they always sold themselves as like roommates and best friends. But a friend of mine actually like listened to the podcast at the time. And she said that actually they had like relatively recently moved in together. Like they had a mutual friend and that's why they moved in together, but they weren't like years long besties when they. We were years long besties. We were. So very different so far. This is just gonna be me like defending our friendship <laughs> this whole time. Like, well, we didn't do that. So at the time, Alex was out of a job and she was trying to make it as a YouTuber when another friend of hers suggested she try podcasting. 
And according to her, her response was, what's a podcast? But sure, yes. Can't wait to get into it. Don't have a job. So she... (laughs) Fair enough. She recruited Sophia to join her, even though they hadn't known each other for too long. Sophia had a job in finance where she made a respectable 40K a year, but was happy to leave it uh, because, you know, a job in finance is not nearly as fun as being very successful on a podcast. They were successful that fast? Well, so their chemistry immediately made the podcast something special. On the podcast, they offer relationship and a lot of sex advice. They tell funny stories. They answer listener questions. And generally, they seem like they have a really great time. They've spawned, like, an entire slang vocabulary. Like, listeners would, like, get obsessed with the way that they talked about things. And it really became, like, a huge part of it. And I do believe that, like, the best podcasts make you feel like you're talking with your girlies. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. You, like, for example... I truly believe that if I were to ever meet Data Schwartz from Noble Blood, we would be friends. Yeah. That's that's because she is a very good podcast host. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, Sophia and Alex had that as well. Like, you felt like you were their third bestie hearing them talk about, like, blowjobs and silliness. Which is all we ever talk about. Which is all we ever talk about. Fans love the show. Um, they were referred to as the Daddy Gang. And they called the hosts Father Alex and Father Sophia. That's funny. Which is very fun. Again, like, they had a whole language. And to give an idea of what people loved, I found a review from 2019. And it started with, The podcast Call Her Daddy is one of the most raunchy, vulgar, and outrageous things I have ever listened to. On the other hand, it is also one of the most hilarious, truthful, and relatable things I have ever had the pleasure of listening to. It sounds like maybe one of their aunts wrote that. No, it was like a it was like a college blogger girl. No, it's very nice, but <laughs> it does been. also sound like something an aunt could have written. Yes. One month after Call Her Daddy's first episode, so four episodes in to its existence, it is acquired by Barstool Sports. Barstool is in the news a lot. I feel like it's this sports media company. That's kind of like a little dude bro-y, but it occasionally makes spe- space for like not like other girls type girls. And that's kind of the role that Alex and Sophia were filling there when they got acquired. Alex said that they were kind of generally brought on for their personalities to be at Barstool along with bringing the podcast. And she also um, says that she is the one who was in meetings with and brokered the deal with Dave Portnoy, who is Barstool's controversial founder. In my opinion, Barstool kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know a ton about them, but I know they're always in the news for like, they did this kind of shitty thing. And I'm like, People who read it are just like, uh, like they're not my favorites. Yeah. So Dave Portnoy agrees that in these initial meetings, it was just him and Alex. But Sophia later notes that Call Her Daddy was always the two of them, even if it was Alex in in initial meetings. Uh, This will become important later. I imagine. So- Alex and Sophia sign on with a three-year contract, base salary of $75,000 for the first year, moving to 85 k for the second and 100 k for the third, which is uh, even an improvement over Sophia's 40 k finance job, let alone Alex's full unemployment. Fair enough. <laughs> and that's each of them? Yeah. So they each got 75 the first year. 85 the second, 100 the third. Wow. With supplemented by bonuses um, for podcast performance and a portion of the merch sales. To me, sounds like a great deal for a brand new show. Again, they're four episodes That's in crazy. when they get this deal. What episode are we on now? Come on. Actually, <laughs> I don't want Barstool to be involved. Yeah, we don't We don't need to get acquired. We're, we're set. Um, more controversial for Father Alex and Father Sophia 
Barstool got the intellectual property of call her daddy, saying it made no sense to launch them to a new stratosphere of success if they could just walk away with the name, which does make sense from a business perspective. Once adopted by Barstool, the podcast rapidly increased in popularity, with downloads rising from 12,000 to 2 million in two months. Wow. Crazy, crazy success. Life is very good for Sophia and Alex, and they continue to be besties, growing their popularity more and more. As we discover, cracks may have formed earlier than originally reported. Oh my god. So three months into their time at Barstool, both girls get raises based on the incredible success of the show, as they probably should. Then, Alex gets a secret additional raise... Because, as she says, she does the editing, all the social media, and all the marketing. A note. Alex says that the heads of Barstool, who are Dave Portnoy and someone named Erica, brought her in to offer her this raise. Dave says Alex came in to ask for it. Um, But whatever way it happened, Alex admits she did not tell Sophia that she got this additional raise. Apparently become tensions were already rising behind the scenes about Sophia feeling uncomfortable that Alex was perceived as doing more work. So for example, like Alex would tweet a picture of herself like late at night editing and would be like, we're going to get you a new episode, daddy gang. And Sophia would be like, you're making it seem like I'm not helping edit. And Alex would be like, you don't help edit. I do all of the social media and all of the editing and you just do the recording. Um, I don't know whose side to be on because I don't know the truth. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sophia would rather just tell people we edit the podcast ourselves, but Alex says she spent between seven hours and 20 hours editing each podcast episode all on her own. And I do think that, like, you know, all that stuff, like, that's a job in itself, editing and, and social media yeah. and stuff like that. Like, we ta- we have a lot of conversations about, like, equitable division of labor. Oh, totally. And we, we usually divide it where you do all the social media marketing and I do all the editing. And then if one of us needs to pinch hint for the other person, we can. Yeah. And I also feel like the editing is is more significant than that because we don't have a big social media presence. It might be different. So, like, I usually try to come to you. But, like, if, if that, that might, might change if, when we become incredibly famous and won't stop being best friends. Because no, we could never. We're not going to be in this situation. But, like, I guess it d- depends. Like, if you have a huge social media following, then that is that is a lot of work. But maybe she was helping with it? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. But like, this I, is... I agree. Like, this is the thing. Like, I agree for her getting more compensation if indeed she was doing all these other things and Sophia wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, even if that happened, I wouldn't tell my co-host that. Yeah. I feel like if I was getting any more money on the side, like, if I did, like, a like a backdoor deal with Audible and didn't tell you, that'd mm-hmm. be fucked up. Yeah, exactly. So, so Alex admits that she did not tell Sophia about this initial raise. At the end of the first year at Barstool, Sophia and Alex decided to take a stab at renegotiating their contracts. They had made a lot of money that first year. Um, Alex made around 500k, all told, and Sophia had made around 461. Those contracts had left room to renegotiate compensation, and the podcast had already become so massive, they felt like they had to take a swing for the fences. And this was all encouraged by Peter, who was known as Suit Man on the podcast, and he was Sophia's boyfriend at the time, who worked for HBO. And I guess it was, like, a recurring thing that, like, Sophia was dating this, like, Suit Man who was, like, in the entertainment industry. It was, like, a a topic on the podcast. I love that. So he looked at the numbers and he told them that they were making way below industry standard, 
which Alex admits she had actually been hearing from other podcasts at Barstool. She had heard rumors that like they would, the other Barstool people would go out to bars and be like, oh yeah, the call her daddy girls are getting fucked over. They signed such a bad deal. And that would get back to Alex. And she was like, well, that sucks. Like, I obviously don't want to be. I want more money. Yeah, I don't want to be making a bad deal. So Peter, suit man, and a lawyer he recommended put together a term sheet of their demands for this new contract. And Alex had kind of thought of it as like a pie in the sky offer. Like she was like, we're asking for a ton on this term sheet. I'm assuming we're going to come in super high. Barstool's going to move up a little bit and the two of them will meet in the middle and it would all work out. That is not what happens. <laughs> so what is on this term sheet? Sophia and Alex asked for $1 million guarantee for each of them. They ask for 50% of everything they do with Call Her Daddy. They ask for to do their own merch, which Barstool gets none of. At the time, like they're getting 3% of the merch that Barstool is getting the rest of. They ask to the rights for all future Call Her Daddy branded alcohol. Um, I guess this becomes a big thing because Barstool has had success with other podcast alcohols. And then the big one, they want the intellectual property rights to Call Her Daddy to belong to them. Dave Portnoy says, there is absolutely nothing in this for us. No. <laughs> yeah, that does sound very different. And he cuts off negotiations pretty much immediately. For Alex, this feels like a huge whoops. Like, she wanted a better deal, but she didn't want no deal at all. Like, whoops, we went way, I guess we went way too far on this. But Sophia and Peter see this as an opportunity. Maybe Barstool was keeping them down. Maybe they can get a deal at a more reputable podcast network instead of the controversial man-centric Barstool Sports. Okay. And so with Peter acting as a short sort of manager and making introductions, Alex and Sophia start shopping the show around to podcast networks. This is, of course, extremely not allowed. They're in a three-year contract with Barstool. They were trying to renegotiate terms, but they signed that three-year contract. Like, they're mm, stuck with it. Yeah. And Dave's like, I'll sue if I have to sue, but like, <laughs> that's what it is. Sophia's not too stressed about this. She's like, yeah, if the if the relationship with Barstool totally goes kaput, we'll just like, they'll, they technically keep Call Her Daddy, but we'll start a new podcast. We'll call it The Fathers and we'll just keep going kind of without skipping a beat. Alex is like, no, we can't lose Call Her Daddy the brand. That's everything that we've been building. And maybe it's because she's the person grinding on late night hours to bring it all together. But she feels like without Call Her Daddy, they don't have Dana Gang. They can't be called the fathers. They don't have all these funny terms they made up for sex acts. Like all that exists within the intellectual property. If they lose it, it's in. It's like integral to their brand. Like it would be yeah. to Alex. It's like a no-go to have to start over. That's why the intellectual property is so important. Exactly. So Alex is like, Sophia, I think you don't get all the work that went into building this brand on social media. Like, I think you're maybe undervaluing how hard this was to do. But Sophia's like, this is a really exciting opportunity to start fresh. Like, people will come with us, even if we have to rebrand to, like, The Fathers. It will still be the same podcast. Alex isn't happy, but... She thinks a new show might be their only option because Barstool, again, is not negotiating with them after that first super crazy term sheet. So they get an offer from Wondery, which is like a very big podcast network, but they decide to have one more meeting with Dave Portnoy. 
for Sophia, this is like a courtesy meeting. Like we're, you know, we tried. Shake of hands. See you never. But Alex is hoping that by some miracle, they can make a deal with Dave. As this is going on, Call Her Daddy goes off the air with no warning. Who would do that? (laughs) (gasps) Oh. But no, for real, they go off the air. They don't make any kind of Twitter announcement or anything. But they do do one thing. On the last episode that they play before they go off the air, they play part of a Kesha song. And if you remember, like, the timing of all this, it's quite obviously in reference to Kesha suing her producer, Dr. Luke, for sexual assault and battery, sexual harassment, gender violence, emotional abuse, and, like, violating California business practices. During that lawsuit, Kesha had been forbidden to speak about Dr. Luke. And so when she broke her silence and came out with, like, a new album, it was a really big cultural moment. Definitely. So Alex and Sophia played this song in the last episode before they mysteriously go off the air. And Daddy Gang is now speculating wildly based on that, that Barstool is an abusive workplace for the girls and it's tanking Barstool's reputation. Later, Alex comes forward and says they were kind of in an emotional place when they played the Kesha song. And what they were really referencing was like the business practices of Barstool not alleging sexual impropriety. But it very obviously looked like that to people. I don't love that they use that without context, because that obviously is going to indicate that that's what happened. Exactly. So anyways, Call Her Daddy has been off the air for weeks. Daddy Gang is confused. And now Barstool is in this hot seat. They think there's been some sexual misconduct. So Dave Portnoy, CEO of Barstool, records his own podcast and puts it on the Call Her Daddy feed. Whoa! In the 30-minute podcast episode titled Daddy Speaks, Dave Portnoy reveals basically everything I just told you. The, like, whole backstory of the contract. That had been, like, totally under wraps up to that point. And he also reveals Call Her Daddy Will Be Back with only Alex Cooper. (gasps) Here's what happened. According to that podcast and a YouTube video Alex posted called The Truth About Call Her Daddy. Uh, My jaw is open. So, Alex and Sophia go to have that final meeting with Dave Portnoy on his rooftop. It's COVID, so they have to be meeting, like, slightly outside. I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Again, Sophia thinks this is just, like, a goodbye, but Alex is hoping for a miracle. Dave Portnoy is the CEO of a sports news company, and it is 2020, and there is no sports. So he wants revenue for his company. He is kind of newly incentivized to make some kind of deal work with these group people. So he offers a new deal. Guaranteed $500,000 for each with bonuses. No extra for Alex. They are back at making the exact same amount. Increase on the merch. They're going to go from getting 2.5% of the merch to 7.5% of the merch. A shortened contract that lets them both leave in a year instead of the 18 months that are technically still on the contract. This is feeling better. 5% for the sales of all Call Her Daddy branded alcohol, which did not exist at the time and I actually think still does not exist. So it's so funny to me that alcohol was like such a sticking point for them. I don't, yeah, I don't, podcast alcohol. I'm sorry, are we missing some big opportunity? (laughs) And then in one year, when we've all agreed they can be let out of their contract, they can walk away with the Call Her Daddy IP. Yes. Alex leaves the rooftop on top of the world. (laughs) She is over the moon with this offer, specifically the fact that they can walk away in a year with the IP. 
So, like, they're only really signing the deal for another year of their lives. That's great. Sophia feels like this doesn't change anything. She still wants to leave. Sophia! (laughs) And this becomes the thing that will... This is ultimately what... Fracture everything. So they keep working to make some kind of deal. Alex is Alex is really clear with Sophia. Like, I'm happy with the deal, but okay, if you still want to try to get some more stuff, let's try to get some more stuff. They get the alcohol up to 20%. They negotiate the merch up to 15%. Sophia wants a better rate on ads. Alex says she's trying to support Sophia, but she's so happy with the deal as is, it's really hard for her to understand. <laughs> Sophia says she just wants the brand to be properly valued. She still thinks they're being undervalued at Barstool. They have meeting after meeting with lawyers and they just can't get anywhere. And then they have what Alex calls the infamous two hour phone call. They both are like, they just want to shake each other. They're at a total impasse. And Alex makes a statement. She finally says for her, Barstool is the only deal. She is not interested in going to a different podcast network. She does not want to leave. She wants this deal. She wants the IP. And Sophia says to her, and this is like directly quoting what Alex says, Sophia says, Alex, I hate this deal. What it comes down to is you don't want to leave and I don't want to stay. Mm. Alex is like, what is there to hate about this deal? Like, why leave and abandon the IP if we just wait a year? It's a year. And get it. And Sophia says the IP is not as important to her. And at the end of the call, Sophia says, what happens to the IP if one of us gets fired? And now Alex has heard Sophia ask this to a lawyer in the past. And Alex is kind of putting some pieces together and she's like, okay, hang on. It sounds to me like you are negotiating in bad faith. (laughs) Are you seeing you would take this deal, get fired on purpose, leave me to finish the year contract, and then pick up the 50% of the IP at the end? Sophia says, no, 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 of course not. But she's reiterating that they have the Wondry deal on the table, the deal her boyfriend brokered. The call does not end very well. Then Alex and Sophia's contract and all of the drama is leaked to the New York Post. And Alex is like, there's only one person who had access to all that and was incentivized to make Barstool look bad. And it's Sophia. And it's Sophia and or her boyfriend. And then Sophia's new agents start making more changes to the contract. They want to leave in six months instead of a year. They want 20% of the merch instead of 15. They want the IP if they terminate the contract for any reason. The goalpost keeps moving, and Alex is just so shocked that Sophia is focused on the money and not focused on getting an episode out. They haven't put an episode out for weeks and weeks and weeks as this goes on. So Alex picks up the phone, and she calls Dave Portnoy. Dave and Alex meet, and Alex explains she's happy with the deal as is, and she and Sophia have not been agreeing behind the scenes. Dave didn't know that up to that point. He th- he really thought they were like a united front. Yeah. Doing these business things that he wasn't agreeing with. Alex finally gets her own representation, her own lawyers that Peter, suit man, did not choose for her. And she ends up with what is basically the rooftop deal, but with one major change. Now, Alex can leave in a year with 75% of the IP and Barstool gets the other 25%. Sophia Franklin is totally out. (gasps) Out. Like, she doesn't get anything? She doesn't get anything. She doesn't get anything? 
That kind of feels wrong. Yeah. And they're still roommates. But I do still... What? What? <laughs> still? I think I think maybe they're both, like, living with parents at this time because it's, like, COVID. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, Dave Portnoy announces all this on the Call Her Daddy feed in that podcast that he had been recording. And he mentions that he is perfectly willing and wants to make a deal on the side with Sophia for her own podcast. Like, he'd love to keep Sophia around, even if she's not doing Call Her Daddy anymore. But that never comes to fruition. Alex returns to the podcast as a new single father the next week. And thus begins a new era of Call Her Daddy. So in 2020, when this all went down, Call Her Daddy was the fifth most popular podcast on Spotify. Wow. Crazy. Already crazy. At the end of that year, Alex Cooper, at the end of her contract, does leave Barstool with the Call Her Daddy IP and does a $60 million deal with Spotify. It is the platform's largest deal with a female-led podcast. She gets an estimated $30 million annual salary. It makes her the second highest paid podcaster behind Joe Rogan. In 2021 and 2022, Call Her Daddy is ranked as the second most popular podcast on Spotify, finishing just behind the Joe Rogan experience in both years. Ultimately, maybe Sophia was right about Call Her Daddy being undervalued at Barstool. Yes. she. But that's the thing is, she was right. Yeah. But she still got fucked over. But she got fucked over because she wasn't she willing didn't play to it right. be patient for that year. Yeah. And so the podcast is, like, quite different now. Alex has pivoted to being, like, mostly interviews um, because it was just her by herself. It's no longer, like, her and her bestie chatting. Yeah. And she has tried to focus more on women's rights, mental health, the importance of therapy. But, of course, there's still plenty of raunchy fun as well on the new Call Her Daddy. And Alex was saying that she's now done more Call Her Daddy without Sophia than she'd ever did with her. So it's like a crazy thing to look back on and see like, whoa, I really thought this was like the end of this podcast. And Sophia starts over. So she has a new podcast called Sophia with an F, uh, which is how you spell her name in case you've been picturing it with a PH all this time. Uh, And she's currently ranked 164 on the U.S. iTunes charts, a number that's honestly still quite impressive. Like, that's still a very good podcast. Yeah. She gets, like, relatively famous people on, like, the kind of people who would do fun, raunchy, sexy podcasts, like Bravo Liberties. Fair (laughs) enough. That's who I'd like to have on. Exactly. Bravo Liberties, call us. But they're not friends anymore. They thought they would be at each other's weddings. They thought they were going to grow old together. To me, that is the most horrifying part of this. That is very sad. It was like a genuine friendship that they had. And because what made them famous Mm -hmm. was their connection. Yes. And now, I mean, they're both still doing well. Again, Alex is doing outrageously well. That's insane. It really is. $60 million is crazy. She turned down 500 grand for a year and talked herself out of $30 million. Yeah. Yeesh. A huge yeesh. Biggest yeesh of all time. (laughs) I don't even know how I would start over. Yeah. That's crazy. And so the the, caveat that I'll give is, so like I said, Dave Portnoy did a whole podcast episode on this. Alex did a whole YouTube video. Sophia has done like a couple interviews, but she has never gone in depth with her point of view the way that Alex and Dave Portnoy have. So I tried to get her kind of point of view in here where I could, but I do think the story is still like 
slanted towards their points of view. It definitely looks better for Alex, in my opinion. I I identify more with Alex being like, we built this, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to leave it. And why can't you... Like, I'm trying to meet you in the middle. Why can't you meet me in the middle? Exactly. And it's interesting because, like, I think, like, it's proven correct that Barstool's not valuing Call Her Daddy correctly and that Spotify pays $60 million for it. But also, Sophia's not valuing it correctly. Like, she's not valuing the IP. She's not valuing... Exactly. ...the brand that they've built. She feels like we can just start over. And Alex is like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I, like, in a way, like, I do, I think Alex was right. I mean, I think Alex has proven right in the context of this story. Yes. But I see where both of them are coming from. Honestly, I do. I do. Yeah, they're both right in a way. Yeah. And there's a level and, like, there's some allegations in here. And I don't get into it, like, super in this story, but I think you can kind of hear it. Like, some people feel like her boyfriend kind of really led them both astray. Like, he really wanted to play manager and, like, deal broker. And because of that he encouraged them to do this term sheet that was like outrageous and was not going to get anywhere. And he was shopping them around to other podcast networks. So even when Barstool came back with a good deal, he was like, let's stay with the one I brokered instead of the Barstool one. And this is why this would never happen to us because neither of our husbands are aggressive enough to uh, hijack our decision-making. They're both both just very kind, supportive men (laughs) who are like, sounds like you're making the right choice, babe. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I don't don't think we'd have a suit man behind us. I don't think so either. That's the thing that I can't imagine, and I do think that that shows that they didn't have a solid basis of friendship Like, anything that I could do, like, if I was doing something to make me happy, Mm -hmm. if it didn't make you happy, it wouldn't make me happy. Mm. Because if you were unhappy about it, I would know. And I couldn't be happy about something you weren't happy about. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that wouldn't, it just wouldn't compute for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be okay with you not getting what you wanted. Yeah. Even if it was what I wanted. Yeah. So there would be no winning. And it didn't seem like either of them were super concerned with what the other one ultimately wanted. I think that maybe they they probably could empathize with the other person. But I think maybe at the end of the day, they weren't able to fully value the other person's wants and desires in the way that you do when you love someone. Yeah. Because um, they... I'm sure they had a great friendship and I'm sure they could have had that kind of relationship, Mm -hmm. but maybe they just, they didn't have that foundation. Yeah. That's sad. It's very sad. And I, and I promise Allie, when Spotify offers me $60 million, you're going to give me, I will give you 30, a crisp 20 bucks and a handshake. And a handshake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will give you 30 million of those dollars. Thank you. I'd give you $30 million too. Thank you I'd give you $30 million now if I had it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think also uh, we are both polite to a fault. (laughs) And I think the only thing that we would be in danger of is like... um, Never being able to get any negotiating done. Because I'd be like, well, I, what, is, what do you think? What, do you, what does Sam think? Yeah. What does Sam think about this? Are Sam's people on this? <laughs> but yeah, I do think it would be important. Like, I, you see it so much. Like, fame just 
destroys it's like a it's like a wildfire like it just destroys relationships absolutely success money I don't know if it's money necessarily or notoriety Mm. I think sometimes it is money like money ruins relationships like big influxes of success and and money can ruin marriages it can ruin friendships it happens yeah but I don't know I don't think that would happen to us. I don't think it would ever happen to us, but it does make a little horrified shiver go down my back to think of two best friends split apart by Okay, it does feel like, though, that this episode where we're talking about how we never let this happen to us is the beginning of the documentary about, like, like an Eagle-style documentary about, like, Sam and Allie, once the best of friends, now they're keying each other's luxury cars, you know? And to which I'd say, you know, Spotify, call me. Spotify, call me. Ooh, oh Spotify, no. call me. Spotify, no. Spotify, listen, Spotify. Which of us, <laughs> wait, which of us has a Spotify uh, account? I think you do. I do! <laughs> they only have my email, Sam. No, God. But you have the SoundCloud email. Yeah, so. <laughs> and we both have each other's passwords. It at this appears point. we're at an impasse. We better just split that $60 million. Well, what I'm hearing is uh, everyone listening out there, uh, get on those phones, mm-hmm. uh, comment, like, subscribe, <laughs> share, share an episode. Yeah. Um, and let's see how far we can take this. Absolutely. I mean, if you guys want us to start telling blowjob stories probably we can i'm sure we can i'm sure we can work on that we'll just Um, have to ask our our parents not to listen anymore yeah i think (laughs) yeah (laughs) seriously um but i think that uh if you want to try to drive us apart have at it that can only be good for our metrics that's true and you can't you can't drive us apart and you can't hold my hand hold my hand yay yay it does feel prophetic now Oh, no. I'm scared. Don't be scared. I'm not scared. That would never happen to us. That would never happen to us. They said. They said. That's the thing. <laughs> That's the thing. No, I think I think it was a it was a confluence of a lot of stuff that would not ever happen to us that happened to these two. And like I said, they both have found success. I think, yeah, I think it mainly is they didn't have anything to go back to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Which is sad because clearly there was really something there. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe success just happened too fast. Because I know, like, um, the My Favorite Murder Girls have had... They've even talked, I think, about going to therapy together. Interesting. Because, like, they are super close, but also, like, both had their own, like, sort of um, issues with confrontation and stuff like that. And I'm sure that if we were to have some kind of mutual success together, there would be very difficult conversations Mm -hmm. over whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Something would happen where one of us does the wrong thing or whatever, but we've already made, we've already had conflicts in our relationships that we've worked through and come to the other end of. If you haven't ever had a conflict with someone and then suddenly it's a conflict that results in one of you having $60 million, (laughs) That's going to be a problem. Yeah, that's a big first conflict. Uh, yeah, so... As opposed to, like, can you change over the toilet paper a little bit more often? You need to stop leaving all of the cabinet doors open. Yeah. Which I did a lot. That is true. I forgot about that. You would Be- the Mainly Becky open. was the one who was yes. bothered by that. Um, also, I think that you got a real... Um, like a sort of schooling in a sibling conflict. Oh, I did. When Becky and I would um, be screaming at each other about something and then like 10 minutes after that we'd be like braiding each other's hair and like, you know, sharing an ice cream sandwich and you were like, how, 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 yeah. how are you not 
passive aggressively huffing at each other for the next 30 minutes forever for 30 days yeah. like and we're like no this is just how you exist with a sibling i used to hide in my room while you guys fought i know i feel bad about that <laughs> it only it, mommy I, that, and daddy <laughs> mommy and daddy are fighting i felt bad about that, that but i think you just never no. seen it you never experienced no, sibling I'm fight just, i'm not good with conflict no you're not good way. with conflict in that way i don't know Listeners, I don't know if we've ever said it out loud. Take a moment right now and guess what I am as far as sibling goes. And guess Allie, too. Like, take a beat right now. Here's the beat. Tweet at us. Tweet at us right now. Right now. Okay. Allie, what are you sibling-wise? I'm a younger sister. She is a younger sister to an older brother, to which, older I, which brother. I think is a notable difference. I do think it's important. And I, and I'm sure I hide this really well, am an only child. <laughs> I think that you do hide it well because some only children are insufferable. I uh, I feel bad both of my parents are only children who listen to this podcast. <laughs> They're not insufferable at all. There um, you go. But, uh, no, yes, definitely. Um, you just want everybody to relax. I hear all the time people say to me, you're not like an only child. You're kind of normal. And I'm like, I don't know that that's the compliment you think it is. I think <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's kind of cruel. Yeah. I don't know that we're on the same page about it's that compliment. It's so weird that you're not completely fucked up. Yeah. Um... And you're like, no, no, I am completely fine. It's just up. in my own special Don't way. Don't worry, it's just in my own special way. But no, that was, I remember um, when we all started living together, here's how my only child thing would come out. Uh, and I would like see it within myself and be like, why are you, stop this. Why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sam, stop it. Is that like, we would be like in our dorm and there'd be like a pen on the table and someone would like be like, oh, good, a pen. And they'd like grab it to use it. And something would just come out of me and I'd be like, yeah, that's my pen. You're welcome to use it, but it is mine. And I'm like, what? I'm glad you brought this up. Why am I doing this? (laughs) I didn't. And and that's fine. I remember once. I remember once. (laughs) You had bought, for some reason, like some, like a new plate or a bowl. Uh I think it was a bowl. Probably. You bought a new bowl for yourself. Not like a a drugs, literally like a cereal bowl. Yes. And and we just had bowls in the the cupboard. Like they were all stacked up together. Like we didn't only use each other's. And, and I think Emily, one of our roommates, used that bowl to microwave something. And you came up to me a little conspiratorially like, isn't it a little fucked up that she used that bowl before I had the chance to use that bowl? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I could tell it bothered you. And I wanted to honor that. But I was also like, you sound like a psychopath yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's where my only child thing comes out. Which There's worse ways it could come out. But like, yeah. it's moments that it comes out. And then I look inward and I'm like, why are you doing this? But also like Becky and I, I'm sure would step on top of each other and you <laughs> in ways that were probably not very respectful because we were just used to, you know, you just claw your way through to what you need when you're a sibling. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty obvious. That's what conflict resolution is all about. Absolutely. And I'm glad that our conflicts can be resolved without us getting lawyers. Yes. Or taking $30 million from each other. I would never take $30 million from you. Unless you already had $30 million and you didn't need the other $30 million. And As like, in, you had $60 million. And I was like, man, what am I going to do with this $30 million? I would take it. Uh, fair enough. I think that's fair. I mean, not for just no reason. If you made it, <laughs> if like, you wrote a book without me... I'd take five million dollars if you had it. I'd probably have you be my editor in some ways. That's nice. That's what I, that's my plan for like a a retirement career is that I'm going to start writing romance novels. I think you're going to be so good at it. I really think I'm going to be, this is like my own thing. I do think I'm going to be really good at it when I start doing that as my retirement job. I think you are, yeah. Yeah. 
keep an eye out for something by like Samantha Lepore and it will be me. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I could manage all of your, um, all of your PR. Yes. Perfect. I can, I can like drum up lots of controversies, fake controversies perfect. about your life and leak them to the press. Perfect. To make you seem like a sort of raunchy woman about devil town. may care woman about town. Yes. And Becky can water, watercolor the covers. Yeah, she could do that. That would be fun. She'd have to watercolor a lot of abs. I believe she can do it. I think she could do it. <laughs> Folks, now that we've decided on my my and therefore everyone else's retirement careers, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for joining us. Um, hold, hold your friends close and promise not to take $30 million million from your friends or your enemies. Go work on making us famous so we can prove (laughs) that we'll be friends forever. Absolutely. Um, And until next week, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified.